Welcome to the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast spotlighting women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the ways they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad that you decided to tune in. Our heart and our hope in launching this podcast is to begin extending the voice of Gather beyond just the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. We want to make our content even more accessible to all of you. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalogue of stories, testimonies, inspirational content, and more that you and your friends can always return to for inspiration and empowerment. We will also be announcing Gather News, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. So stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women. All right, Echo Chen, this woman. From the moment I met her, I knew that she was incredibly special. Echo is a gifted creative, a photographer, a designer, an illustrator, as well as a champion for social and climate justice. She studied art in Italy. She's traveled the world to photograph and illustrate what inspires her and has an incredible, colorful, creative gift. Most notably, she is the co-founder of Sea Straws, a company that creates sustainable straws and other utensils in an effort to reduce plastic waste. Her company won a $300,000 grant to launch and has been widely recognized. She also was a lead for the Climate Reality Project, which is a good which is a good alternative movement that seeks to make urgent action necessary across all sectors of society. She has designed kids content for C3NYC, a church in the city, and has built her own major at NYU around the concept of home. But we are very fortunate because we get to work alongside Echo every day in Gather as she serves as our creative director and has since the very, very beginning. She creates all the lovely content that you see throughout our organization and we love her so much. We are so grateful to welcome this week's guest, Miss Echo Chen. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Echo. Also, a quick correction on what you said before. We did win. We were a finalist in the 300K challenge, but we won the social venture track. Uh, which is actually just a grant for $50,000. Okay. Great. Because it's 300000 all around, and then they split it into four different tracks. Oh. And she's humble, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> An honest woman. <laughs> I wish we won $300,000. <laughs> that would have been wildly helpful. But yeah. Okay, the next grant that they win will be $300,000. You're prophesy a million. Did I oh, hear no. a million dollar grant in her future? <laughs> well, Echo, thank you so much for joining us today in the midst of your chaotic and crazy schedule. Yes. I know chaos. Chaotic is one of Echo's favorite words to use. Yes, it is. It's accurate. All the time. Um, <laughs> It's so sweet to have you on this side of the mic and front facing. You're usually the one behind the scenes, behind the camera, behind the creative inspiration and artistic engine of Gather. We're so glad that we get to honor you and your story and get to dialogue today. And we like to start by having our guests talk a bit about their upbringing. So could you tell us a little bit more about how you were raised, your upbringing and background, and mm-hmm. how did that help shape who you have become today and your view of community? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I was... Born and raised Central Jersey. It's a real place. Um, <laughs> true New Jersey and didn't learn how to pump gas until this year. What? Um, Unheard yeah, of in Texas. It's illegal to pump your own gas in New Jersey. So I just uh-huh. learned like literally like three it's months ago. It's illegal? It's illegal, yeah. <laughs> Why? 
because they pay people to like pump your gas. Fun fact about New Jersey, all right. Um, <laughs> nobody signals, uh, we have drug handles. Oh. We have this lovely thing called a double circle for driving. What? Um, where I'm from is one hour from the city, one hour from the shore. Oh. Um, <laughs> One of my friends was the Dairy Queen for the Get Out of Town. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, New Jersey to my wonderful parents who are immigrants from China. Mm -hmm. uh, they came to the States on an academic visa um, and then just like settled down here. My mom actually chased my dad to the US because she was like, please. Uh, be my boyfriend and my dad oh. was like i have no idea uh he like did not know <laughs> that my mom was like in love with him and he was just like oh cool you're coming too that's awesome um oh. yeah so they like traveled around the u.s uh, my dad was like really into film photography which is also part of how i got into uh the creative world and taking photos uh and then they settled down in jersey and had me or got married and then had me <laughs> um, and very soon later, popped out my little brother, uh, Curtis, who is a nugget. Um, but yeah, I would say I had like pretty good childhood. Um, grew up like pretty much in the same spot. I've moved before moving to New York. I had moved like only within 15 minutes of where I was born. Mm. Um, so I have like a really, I had like a really like solid understanding of like home as like this like house. Um, that I grew up in. I actually have it like tattooed on my body. Wow. <laughs> but I just huh. had a, like, cause I'd lived in that house for like almost my entire life. We moved into it when I was like barely two years old. Um, wow. And so it was like very much like core to like my idea of what home is, is like this house that we grew up in that we like renovated um, that has like changed so much over the past couple of years, but still remains like where my family's been and like has had memories for like 20 years. So um, yeah, grew up in that house, grew up in like kind of like a farmy town um, <laughs> in the suburbs of New Jersey, uh, was really like in touch with nature and learning about uh, the different plants that are native to the area, how to identify clouds, a bunch of like kind of useless information, to be Mood. honest. Um, Growing up in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like climbing trees, spending time outside, like yes. really just like loving the land. Um, and my parents were also like, I would say like pretty like free spirited for Asian immigrant parents. Um, <laughs> and really like encouraged me to chase like my dreams. They yeah. like always say like, they're like, well, we don't want you to be a doctor because you're so clumsy that you probably like leave something in someone during surgery. Um, so that one's out. And then like my mom was like, oh, like, I don't like law because then you have to like argue all the time. So that one's also out. Um, and they're like, and you don't like math enough for engineering. So they're like, oh, like just do like do what you love, but make sure that you can support yourself. Um, and I think like that was really liberating for me um, in my journey because I didn't feel like I was like disappointing them by choosing something that wasn't like a traditional, like, like, I guess like easy, easy success path. Mm -hmm. um, like being like a doctor or not like, it's not easy being a doctor, but like you're pretty much guaranteed that like you will be able to support yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then my faith journey is a little like different uh, than most of my friends who either came to faith on their own, like now, or in recent years, or, and also different from my friends who like grew up in the church and are generationally Christian. Um, I think 
church really shaped my idea of what community was um, when I was growing up because my parents came to the faith after I was born, actually, um, because I had like a bunch of birth complications mm. and I still am half deaf, but um, they had like a bunch of like pregnancy scares. Like they couldn't find me on the ultrasound. Um, mm. They thought I was going to be like completely deaf for a while. Um, and because of that, like they were basically, they're like new immigrants in the States, like trying to, like they didn't really have that many friends and they were like, oh, like, I don't know like what to do. And they ran into my friend Joseph's parents who are believers and they had like a small group in our neighborhood. And they just like invited my parents out and were like, hey, like we'll like lay hands on your child and like pray for you and we'll like help you through like the beginning of like um, having like a newborn, wow. like being first time parents. Um, so like community has like been a part of my story from the start because mm-hmm. my parents didn't have any like huge revelation, I think. Um, like it wasn't like a bam, like my ears were healed, like I'm still half deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it wasn't like, oh, like magically, like something happened and it was like a miracle, but rather they came to like believe that Jesus is their savior and that like Christ is real and his love mm-hmm. um, is just like surpassing all bounds by just how the community cared for them, like people that they didn't even know, mm-hmm. but they like took into their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the people that I grew up alongside like my entire life. and. I'm friends with like a lot of them still, even that like we've gone to college, um, we still keep in touch. And so, yeah, I think true community like sees you for who you are um, and sees you, it doesn't see you as like a burden to their collective, but rather um, just like as a part of their family that they'll care for Mm. um, and like just listen and do what they can to help. Uh, so I actually took a year off between high school and college to stay within that community um, and grow my skills and learn from different masters and different um, apprentices and people who are like skilled in various aspects of art. Um, and so I actually took half a year in Italy, studied under a master there and then came back uh, and studied under the mentor that I had been studying under for like since I was like 11 wow, um, and actually got to mentor some other people along the way during my program as well. Uh, but ultimately I realized that like the wider fine arts community was not for me. I think it was a little bit unrelatable mm. uh, for a young woman of color. I think it was really hard to be in rooms and have people like think I was like someone's kid wow. <laughs> or like question like why I was like there. Um, wow. And now that I've left, um, I think I've gained just like a better more welcoming more encouraging art community as well as a better appreciation for all different kinds of art um, whether or not it really be like whether or not it's my style or whether or not it's like something i would do um i can see like more beauty and more value in the things that other people create Um, that's so amazing echo and it actually sets up perfectly for kind of what we want to dig more into which is what i would describe as your creative genius you the way that you put color and light together the whole idea just your little sketches that you draw and post on your Instagram from like milk jugs to avocados and chaotic cockatoos and all of just the way your mind works you know putting together kids content for C3 and in the past the way that you've worked with different companies to present their material in such a compelling and fresh way and you've done that time and again for gather in fact you're our creative director as Lauren said in your bio and so 
it's clear that you thrive in that space of art and you have an eye for aesthetics. Could you tell us a bit more about what that creative process is like for you? What inspires you to create art in the first place? How do you get ideas to create? Actually, like being creative is how I like related to God, like in the first place, wow. uh, because he's like the creator of all things. So I always, it's like easier when I'm creating stuff for church to uh, like draw from that. But I think I draw from um, just like that connection with the Lord uh, as like a basis for my creative energy. So when I'm feeling like burnt out or feeling like I like don't have anything left, like I always remind myself like, hey, like um, God created us all to be creative, like in his image. And I like create because like he like created this beautiful world. And it just reminds me to find inspiration like anywhere um because I think it's easy to find inspiration in things that are beautiful um but I think I like like powerful inspiration comes from things that are not conventionally beautiful but that you choose to see beauty in um and a big part of my creative process is like um I used to only draw inspiration from like someone who's like doing stuff in the same medium so mm-hmm. if I was like trying to get inspired by photography like for my own work I look at like other photographers that I admire and if I was like looking for inspo for painting I look at other painters like within the medium but now I've learned to draw inspiration from um which I think is like healthy from like a bunch of different sources mm-hmm. I look at a lot of architecture um the work of like other people and like things that people have built uh, I really like looking at architecture and its interaction with nature mm-hmm. um so like the built and the unbuilt world um, intersecting and how that creates just like a beautiful dichotomy of just like life within like the buildings that we live in and life within like the nature that we live in. Um, and also just from like people, like the little moments, um, just like hearing people's stories, uh, just like walking down the street and not having headphones in mm. and just listening to the sounds of the world around me and looking out for like the overlooked things like that like beautiful rock or like <laughs> that cat that's like sitting like perfectly in the sun. Wow. I think you can find inspiration all over and I think there's beauty to be found if you're willing to like slow down and look for it um, and to like believe that it can be found even in like the most unsuspecting places. So yes, okay, so we talked a bit about just you growing up in community and what that has meant to you, and even just how the process of making art can be very communal, you know, taking aspects of the environment around you, drawing upon inspiration from other artists inside and outside of your medium. So, but you, in the process of creating, you're making something that will likely be consumed, that someone else will draw inspiration from, and could even become itself a form of advocacy depending on the context behind why you're making that piece of art. But even in that process, maybe internal to you, it could be a form of healing. Maybe you're creating this thing to answer an ongoing question that you have about a social movement or something in the world. So I guess in terms of outwardly facing, do you think that art can be or should be a form of advocacy? And inwardly facing, do you think art should be used as a means of personal healing? Art is whatever you want it to be. Um, I think something that I learned through my journey is that uh, it's important to create work just for yourself. And while it's like great to share what you're working on, um, to inspire the community, to just share like your work and your heart, um, and also to like, if you work professionally in the creative industry to show people what you can do so right. that um, they can also reach out to you if they want their story told in a similar way. 
Um, but I also have learned that you don't have to share everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually kind of healthy not to share everything. Mm -hmm. I have been just like pouring out highly visible art, um, stuff that I put my heart into because I care about the stories that I'm telling, mm -hmm. but they're not my stories personally. And because of that, I felt like um, just like hindered in my creative process because I hadn't gotten the chance to process like what was going on in my head and create work just for myself to process that out Absolutely. and feel like free from those things. Yeah. And so I think outward facing, yeah, like art can be and is a form of advocacy. Um, sometimes regardless of whether or not the artist's original intention is to like fight for justice with their art, mm -hmm. I think there are people who purposely make work um, that inspires people to fight for justice. And because of the identity that they come from or the communities that they're in, uh, people can read like between the lines of what the message for justice would be within that context. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like art is definitely healing um, for community and for yourself. Uh, I think seeing other people produce art um, from my community, like the Asian American community and specifically like Chinese American um, is extremely healing. And I think just affirms different parts of my identity that uh, like we've been taught like growing up to like run from. Mm. Um, and it's just like comforting to see that there are other artists, there are other people out there who have the same experiences and are like celebrating yeah. it or healing from it wow. in art and to be able to like speak into that together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yeah, I think it's like art can be a tool for revolution. Um, uh, it can be a tool for healing. Um, it can be a tool for like joy and inspiration. Um, it all depends on like what you want it to be um, and like just what you pour into the pieces that you're making. Yeah, so good. You are, what I love about you too is like, you're just so, you're so multifaceted and so well-rounded and I feel like you've done a really incredible job, probably just the best of anyone that I can think of that I know of kind of merging different passions and different um, like you're just you're such an incredible weaver of what I feel like God's given you to steward and um kind of moving into that you're also really deeply passionate about environmental sustainability and you are the proud mom of a lot of plant plant babies <laughs> we say plant with the, o, with the o crossed out kind of thing um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why but I feel so like Swedish o. Swedish o. Um, <laughs> she loves her plants. She's literally like in a forest in her room. Um, anyway, I've had many a gather photo shoot in her forest room. Yes. But, uh, what sparked your passion for environmental sustainability? And mm. then can you talk a little bit about your commitment to it in your lifestyle as well? Yeah. Um, I know you said you grew up around nature and just appreciating it, but wondering kind of where that came from and your commitment to it as well. Mm -hmm. Like starting pretty young, like in elementary school, I would always be like, I like combined my passion for like art and for the earth. Like I, my first opportunity to do that was like, I made like this big banner for earth day when I was in like third grade. <laughs> um, and I just kind of like, it just kind of was like a no brainer to me. I'm like, the earth is like beautiful and it like sustains us. Um, so we should like protect it the best we can and like try to live in harmony with it. Um, I think it was just like, made sense to me and I didn't realize that it didn't like 
click that way for other people until like later on. Um, so, and I grew up around other people who were also very environmentally conscious, like most of my elementary school teachers um, who I like implement, influenced me a lot uh, in my youth because like they taught me during like those formative years. Um, a lot of them were just really into like proper recycling and like I had teachers that biked to school um and they'd be like oh like try not to like wash your hands for too long uh though I guess that's <laughs> less relevant now but like they're like oh try to take like they'd be like oh like I, my first grade teacher would be like okay I challenge you guys this week to like take one minute like off your shower so just like hop out of the shower don't like stay in the shower for too that's long a word for just me. hop out early mm. and if we all do it we can <laughs> save like 20 minutes of water um, and that's like gallons and gallons of water flowing right. through. Um, and I think that just like reinforced my passion for the earth. Cause I was like, oh, like that person who is someone I look up to wow. um, is also living out her life this way. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and I was like so cool. encouraged that like with our collective power, we could like make sure that the world would be like beautiful and livable uh, for wow. generations to come. That's so good. And yeah, so that's like, how it all started um I think getting into like college I got more into the environmental justice side of um of like saving the planet and making the world like a hospitable place uh the difference between like conservation and like environmental justice Mm -hmm. is like conservation like focuses heavily on conserving the earth as it is um and it has been called out a lot of times for like violating human rights mm. in the process wow. of conserving the earth. Um, I think wow. a lot of people within like there's a sector of the environmental movement that seems to like care more about like animals and nature and doesn't really like yeah. consider the humans that they're mm. harming by like making land preserved and like people out or like planting with the trees in places that like people live. <laughs> um, and so environmental justice like seeks to address all of the like social, political, um, economic uh, structures that are in play, recognizing that how we act to like save the environment also impacts people. And we need to find a uh, intersection of like what's good for the earth and what's good for people yeah. and like flourish within protecting the earth and not have to like sacrifice things to an extent that like humans are suffering because we want to like preserve the earth um and i just like learned a lot about like how actually being like sustainable can help communities grow um it can actually like lead to flourishing cities um and communities rather than like forcing people to like move out of their homes because like you're in like a forest and also learned that just like indigenous peoples and i think like a lot of people of color have been protecting the earth for a long time um i didn't realize it but like asians like really have a culture of like reusing things and i'm like oh like sustainability is not just about like purchasing new things so that you can like reuse those things but it's like my mom like saving like an ice cream tub uh so that she can like put leftovers in it or something or like reusing like every like plastic box that we have until like it absolutely cannot be reused anymore um and just like humbling myself and reminding myself that like people have been doing this work for years um and not only is it our job to like 
live our lives and speak to the people that we have influence, uh, like the circles that we have influence in um, with like my knowledge that I've gained along the way, but also to elevate the voices and champion like the voices that have been working on this for generations um, and have been like talked over or silenced or ignored. I think to break that down, a lot of people don't know the difference. I, I don't really know that I understood fully the difference. So I feel like I always get an education when I hang out with Psycho. Um, Unintentional education. <laughs> my, my second degree is in echo studies. Um, it's funny too. I just want to make a side note that there's a setting on this that I that I see um, on as you record this podcast. It says echo cancellation. <laughs> oh, it's just like silent. <laughs> like doesn't pick you up at all. Anyway, um, I just want to jump off that and just if you could give us like maybe just like two or three super easy practical things that um, for anyone listening, if they are want to make their lifestyle more environmentally sustainable and um, I know you mentioned reusing things and, and all that, but what would you, what would you say are just some things that we can do literally right now to yeah. make our lifestyles more, more sustainable and loving to the environment? Number one is vote and vote for green candidates, people who care about the climate, mm. um, people who care about uh, passing laws and making sure legislation that is there to protect the earth um, and to protect people who are like uh, vulnerable to environmental risks. Uh, to keep those in place and also to push for more um, more laws and protections for that. Mm. I think that's the most important thing because while we have a personal impact on the earth, it's nothing compared to what industries like fashion or oil or like yeah. industrial farming, those are like the big polluters and we mm. need people in office who will push those industries to become more green yeah. um, and to still produce the things that we enjoy but in a better way that's not toxic and harmful yeah. um so that's number one definitely vote also <laughs> vote for just like regular reasons <laughs> that you should vote um exercise your voice in a country that is a democracy um, very true very true democracy is not dead yeah. people it is not dead <laughs> i think number two is um looking up what recycling is like in your area um and that's getting great. to know what the different codes mean yeah. uh one of the worst things about recycling is when people like pretend they can recycle something when they can't um mm -hmm. because they have to like clean out the recycling track if you put something in there that is like wow. covered in food which you cannot recycle mm -hmm. uh so you should also always wash plastic before you recycle it um, or if you're trying to recycle a piece of plastic that is not in a traditional recycling track. So um, if you just like Google like recycling codes and like recycling in like fill in your neighborhood or your area, it'll tell you what is curbside pickupable. And also it'll probably tell you where you can recycle the other items that are available for curbside. So I think proper recycling and being mindful of how much plastic that you are um buying yeah right. i think um every july me and my roommates um and like a lot of people around the world do plastic free july which is where you try to like live without plastic like without single-use plastic for an entire month um and i think it's a really good challenge to see just how much waste we produce um and how much plastic we do use uh and it also is really encouraging because you realize that like oh like i can get by with less uh, plastic than I think I can wow. um, and just like monitoring like how much plastic we can consume mm -hmm. and I think like the third one 
we're privileged here in New York to have a lot of composting. I think in the Pacific Northwest, they also have really good composting, but composting is a big step in reducing your um, impact on the earth. I think it's a relatively easy one if you have like compost pickup or mm-hmm. there's a facility near you, yeah. um, just like food scraps. Uh, like, I don't remember what the number is, but Americans waste like an absurd amount of food wow. like per day. Yep. New, um, York City like alone, of food. New York City yeah, alone New York is a huge alone. oyster. It's crazy. And food actually, like when it goes to the landfill, it takes like so many, like, I think it takes a head of cabbage, like 25 years to decompose. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whereas if you compost it, it can be like soil in a couple months. Um, because like in the landfill, like there's no oxygen because it's all compressed. Mm. And so things need oxygen to break down. Uh, so we can divert our food like from the landfill into compost, which is like regenerative and you can put it back into your neighborhood Mm. to make your garden beautiful. Um, and yeah, awesome. Really briefly before we jump to our last question, Echo, you are, as we mentioned in your bio, a co-founder of Sea Straws. And the work that you're doing through Sea mm-hmm. Straws, yes, woo, is super important. It's a really visible, very um, outward facing like form of advocacy but in a very practical way, supporting the hospitality industry through sustainable straw development. So I wanted to ask you, is that sort of platform and that sort of, um, I guess, means of being an advocate of environmental sustainability, is that something you want to continue in the long term in your career, maybe in like just couple of sentences, like what your thoughts on that are? Yeah. Yes, I think um, not necessarily within the hospitality industry. Mm. I we love the industry, but I think my uh, co-founder Antonio, who is our CEO, actually loves it a lot more than I do. Um, I think I don't have any personal connection really with the hospitality industry. Um, and there are other industries that I think my giftings within the movement would like benefit more Mm -hmm. so I'm definitely interested um I'm actually well I guess I'll mention this on the podcast which will motivate me to start (laughs) studying but um I am looking to get my PhD in urban geography focusing on food and water justice um which is which are like the two sectors of like environmental justice uh that I am most passionate about. Mm-hmm. I think um, food more than water right now, but both are like equally important. Um, I think like there are a lot of people, like in any movement, there's like a lot of different ways to get involved, right? Yeah. And I think like I encourage people like who look at like any movement that they want to get involved in, whether it be environmental justice, like social justice, um, yeah. like animal rights, uh, just because like one one way of serving the movement like doesn't look appealing to you like maybe you like hate walking around and asking people questions or like you like, right. really, like don't like, mm-hmm. like sitting on the phone and like talking to representatives <laughs> like i'm like some of those things are just like not appealing to me mm-hmm. but like other people like love right. standing on the street and like right. dishing out the facts and like right. getting to hang out with people um like just because that's not appealing to you doesn't mean there's no place for you in the movement. There's always place for you in the movement. Um, and you as an individual bring something special to really the good. like movement as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and I just encourage people to try to find their stride. Like it might take a little bit. I think it took me a while to realize that like hospitality is not necessarily the sector I wanted to be in. Yeah. Um, 
but don't give up on finding that niche because you might actually be um, in a position to speak to a community or yeah. um, elevate like a specific sector of the industry um, or like speak to a certain circle of influence um, that other people don't have access to and you'll just bring that much more strength and um, unity to the community as a whole. So, awesome. so good. Back. All right, I, I want to jump right into what the, the world has been waiting for. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about Gather. You have been our creative director from the very beginning. I think I like hunted you down and was like, hi, I need you to um, help me. And uh, Lauren forced us to be friends. Yeah, I did. I was That's like, how I remember it too. <laughs> we just had a great conversation and we realized we had a lot in common. Um, but um, I want to talk about Gather. So you joined Gather from really early on in the beginning, and you've been our creative director. You've created some of just the most beautiful things I've ever seen, and it's your handwriting that is our logo, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to talk about kind of if you want to speak to just a little bit about your, your journey with Gather, what it's been like for you, and um, yeah, what you love about it and how it's impacted your life. What's gather? I don't. I don't know what. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I am screaming. <laughs> you Get fuck off. people. Is this a new thing that you're like? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, join gather like two, three, almost three years ago. Um, Lauren Franco like was like, I think we're supposed to be friends, and then invited me out to coffee, and then pranked me, and then was like, okay, join my organization. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've been part of Gather. I did not do that. Gather was not a thing yet. (laughs) Well, I'm just kidding. It was a scheme. Um, It was a scheme. It was a scheme. Um, She like kidnapped me, like scooped me up and Kimmel and was like, stop. I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Yeah, so I've been blessed to be a part of Gather's journey since pretty much the beginning. Uh, I think I joined after our second event. It was like a Valentine's event around love and uh, came out as the creative director, had never been a creative director really before. So I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> just going to like do the thing. Um, but it's been like an amazing journey for me um, personally, it's just I think like showing me what like true like female community can look like. Mm-hmm. Um to be surrounded by other women who are just like powerhouses in their own right, uh, people who are just amazing and beautiful and inspiring, um, but also care deeply about each other and are intentional about building each other up. Um, I think it just really showed me what like a woman's community could be. Because um, yeah. I don't know, I think like a lot of us have had like bad experiences with like being in community with other girls mm-hmm. in the past. So it was a really healing for me in that way and also very encouraging that like is possible um, and it can be healthy and it can be beautiful uh, I think it was also like being at gather has given me lifelong friends um, it has also okay. given me just like a great opportunity to meet people that I like would never have met before I think like wow. like people from like Jenna like from like North Carolina <laughs> like people like across the states yeah um, it has like caused me to be more bold um, in like inviting people to things mm-hmm. um and I've just met like really incredible people that are like friends with like all the girls who come together. Um, and yeah, being creative director, I think has built 
uh, my own like creative skills um, and my ability to like cast vision and follow through on it. Um, And yeah, just to be able to work with a team um, and create something that like brainstorm something and then like get feedback and then make it real. Um, Just gave me a lot of opportunities to do that. um, And it has been incredible to see the impact of our creative team, not just myself, but like everybody like Betty, Izzy, Brooke for a while, even Amina, like we have all worked on so many different projects that girls have seen like on Instagram or on the website and have like come to gathers for um, and like have been inspired and have like written things about them. And I think that just makes it all like makes all the like hard work of like throwing together a photo shoot (laughs) for like 10 hours, um, like worth it. It just makes it worth it charcuterie board board. Um, yeah just like making things beautiful like it's okay to make things beautiful just to make them beautiful but I think it's like a lot more fulfilling for me personally to make Mm -hmm. things beautiful um so that other people can feel like welcome so that other people feel inspired um so other people feel like excited to step into a room and to share and to like meet other people um, yeah yeah which is like That's so good yeah I love gather um I don't know if I could pick like one favorite thing but I think like I think my favorite thing about gather is how you get to see people grow um from like the first gather that they've been to to like the people who just like stay in the community and grow alongside our team like some come on to team some uh just like stay a part of our community but just like come to events um and have become like gather members uh, just to see how people have opened up um, and have grown from what other women have said at events and how their own sharing has inspired people to be bolder and kinder and more caring and more loving and more like open to possibilities, I think is like the best thing. Cause I've just seen so many people, our team included, uh, just grow incredibly over the past almost three years of gather. And I think that's just like, yeah amazing it's been so fun yeah it's been neat to watch your not just your creative skill like grow and develop but your leadership skill and your yes. being director we all know all three of us know and being able to delegate and lead a team and you know give things off and cast vision so that it's followed through on is like such a different thing that I think all of us were just like mm-hmm. we've done those before but now we're gonna do it and just yeah. the, the fruit of that has been so good so just to wrap up our last question for you um, that we always ask, but just do you have a parting piece of advice that you want to give women listening on how to be a woman of action? Very clear. You've started so many things. You are a director. You are a gifted creative. Um, and what would you say, what would be a piece of advice that you would give um, for a woman to be a woman of action? My advice for being a woman of action is don't get caught up in the conventional idea of what like a woman of action is supposed to be like. Mm. I think we're all women of action in our own rights. Mm. I think there is a societal impression that like women of action are like loud and bold and like they like are go-getters. But also I think women of action are people who um, like jump at the chance to uplift others um, Mm. who say like, wow, like I'm really good at what I do, but like you're really good at something else and this is a better fit for you and are always looking to connect people and help other women succeed. I think like women of action are people who are constantly learning, um, Mm -hmm. being humble and like 
acknowledging that they don't they're like amazing but they don't know everything and right. just like having the ability to be a constant student um while sometimes being a teacher um and wow. I think it's also That's like being a woman of action to be like kind and soft and gentle at times mm -hmm. um to like like being intentional is an action um being able to like step down from like your stage and just like sit with somebody who might be having a hard time is also being a woman in action. So I think just like thinking about all the different aspects um, of what that means, because being a woman of action is not just climbing the corporate ladder. It's like so being a true like light to the community and a leader and a wonderful like friend and inspiration. Well said. Wow. Woo girl. Woo. Girl, 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 it has been an honor to have had you just speak on all of these awesome parts of your identity, who you are, who you're becoming. Thank you for also opening up and sharing just really salient, really important bits of your journey with all of us. It's it's a story still being written that, you know, those of us who are with you on team and our friends in your world, but also girls who have gotten to know you through Gather and other avenues, like we're so inspired by what you're doing and, and who you're being true to as yourself. So we just, we love you and we honor you. And um, for you guys listening, stay tuned to Echo's Instagram. She posts such amazing content for work <laughs> that she does. Uh, if you want to draw creative inspiration. Also, when you go and check our Gather Instagram, you will see all, of course, the social media and creative teams work there. Um, and yeah, we just, we hope you are blessed and we hope that you were encouraged by this call. For now, we love you ladies so much. This has been another fantastic episode. Until next time. To all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more of our exciting updates and gather news on our Instagram, at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for exciting season updates and announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place for you to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye Gather Girls.